The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I am the man, sick with the slang, sick and I'm destined for fame. Do for the fam, not for the gram, stunt me a destined for pain. I do not front, I do not scam, put some respect on my name. Sick like a rain, click and I bang, y'all gonna remember the name. Y'all gonna remember the name. What's up, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls around the world? I would like to welcome you back to the Real Talk with Zuby podcast. On today's episode, we have got on an amazing rapper, a very vocal sociopolitical commentator. He's been on my album, Word of Zuby. We did a song together called Hallelujah. He's been on the podcast before. And this is, of course, the one and only Bryson Gray. Welcome to the show, bro. Thank you so much for having me on, bro. No doubt, man. Always a pleasure. So I've done a brief intro there, but for people who are not familiar with who you are and what you do, tell them a little bit about yourself, bro. I mean, long story short, I'm a I'm a Christian conservative, uh, heavy on a Christian, Christian first. Uh, and when I say Christian nowadays, I got to be more specific. I'm a biblical Christian. Unfortunately, you have to be more specific about that now. Um, and, and I make music. I've been making music ever since I've known life. Ever since I've been a, aware of my own existence, I've made music. And uh, yeah, I, I just so happen to start making music about what I believe in as far as my biblical faith and my political belief system. And uh, and here we are. I'm a very controversial guy, but I've always been that way. So <laughs> you know. I hear that. <laughs> so in terms of the music you used to make, it used to be a lot more secular, it used to be very different to the type of stuff that you make now. So tell me a little bit about how you went through this change and why. Yeah, I wish that that story was more interesting than what I'm about to say, but it isn't. Um, in, in reality, bro, I was I've always been a Bible dumper, like always. Okay. I was just lukewarm at first, so I was I was still making secular music about women shaking their butts in clubs. Uh, I had songs on the radio. I was performing in these clubs. I actually headlined a concert with J. Cole at Winston Salem State University Homecoming in like what 2012 or something like that. I don't remember when it was. Hmm. Because my, my rap group called 336 Boys, we were real popular where I'm from. But I've always been like a person with a, a, a set of morals that I don't break. Uh, and as far as Christianity, I, the more you read the Bible consistently, I feel like it, it makes you want to change because you, you, you feel convicted about yourself. You know what I'm saying? Like I used to, I would Bible dump on Twitter when it was fun and in the early, I mean, I'm sure you were on Twitter when it first started too. And I, I was there and you know what I'm saying? I, I would Bible dump on there and then I, I would go take 20 shots of vodka. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> not, not every night, 
<laughs> but on weekends when I'm partying with my friends, I'll be like extra lit. You feel me? But but I had mm. Bible bump earlier that day. But but you know, but I was always so vocal that my friends would be like, "How can you judge this? But you be doing this, and you can't lie because I was just with you doing it." <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm. And you know, I, I don't like being a hypocrite. So you start reading the Bible more, and 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 it starts changing your life. And um, even like as my music progressed, if you go listen to my last secular. One of my last secular albums I made under my old name. I was talking about God. I was talking about how I was celibate, getting closer to God, and but I was cursing in the song. You know what I'm saying? So you know, even in my music, secular music, you could hear the you could hear the progress, and um, and now we're here. I hear that, man. What's it like being? I mean, no, this isn't the right question. Here's a better question. Do you think that being a Bible believing Christian in the modern day era in the USA or perhaps throughout the West essentially makes one a quote unquote extremist because I was just thinking yesterday I don't know what I don't know what spurred this thought I was thinking what would happen if Jesus not just came back but if he came back and was like on Twitter and was vocal and stuff and I was like I think he'd get banned <laughs> I was like, I was like I think he'd get banned I think he'd be labeled an extremist and I think he'd be he'd be labeled with the whole dangerous figure. I, I mean, he'd be either literally or metaphorically crucified again. Oh, I'm not, bro, he would be literally <laughs> on the list of the ADL. And I don't even think Elon would let Jesus back on Twitter. <laughs> I, I, bro, I, I, listen, I read the Bible a lot. And, and this make believe Jesus that people try to act like is in the Bible. He ain't there. The real Jesus of the Bible is very blunt and very vocal. And mm. um, it's why they got him in the first place. And uh, yeah, if, 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 if he was back, bro, he'll be one of the most persecuted. He'll be banned, he'll be banned from countries. I mean, I know that because a lot of Bible-believing people, I've watched them get banned from countries. <laughs> you know what I'm mm. saying? Yep. So, and, and then you got to think about it, bro. The way we view morality is a little different than how they view morality in biblical times. The punishments were a little different, even when Jesus, during his reign, um, during, during, during him like telling people what was going on, the, the punishments were, were a little different back then. So just imagine him calling for some of them punishments. Uh, mm. Listen, man, the Jesus of the Bible, I mean, listen, persecution come with it. You literally get bad. A lot of people think, let me tell you something, bro. My merch company I'm with, right? They, my merch company, I, I have the same merch company as the Hodge Twins mm -hmm. and uh, and Joe Patrick and a few other ones. And I remember I had to meet with them because Facebook had blocked me from doing ads. And that's 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 the merch, that's their bread and butter. Yeah. So I had to meet with them because they talked to Facebook. This like a, they're, the company I work with, they're like a, I don't know if you know who I'm talking about, they're like a, a top company. Like they got direct do, connection yeah. with, with Facebook. Mm. And um, I had a meeting with them because they have had issues with Facebook before with High Twins and Joe Patrick's, but they, they were always able to get everything situated. With me, they couldn't. And I had to meet with them. And since I'm less popular than High Twins and Joe Patrick, it, uh, you know, it was real crazy. They said, they said, it's not my political stuff. They said it's the religious stuff that's pretty much the line. Like, I, like I, I crossed the line. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I'm saying? And it just shows you that being a conservative or having a conservative belief system, that can get you banned, but that's not the that's not the true people that they don't want on their platform. It's really Christ, Christians, Bible-believing Christians who are really not allowed to spew their beliefs. The only reason conservatives get, get in a crossfire because a lot of conservative beliefs 
people don't even understand how closely related they are to biblical beliefs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, it's a very interesting thing, man. What do you think has played out over the past few decades? Because something that surprised me in the West, of course, I'm from the I'm from the UK, but I spend more time in the US than I do in the UK now. Um, I was in Australia recently, but I, I travel a lot. I've been to a lot of different countries, spend a lot of time in the Middle East. That's where I grew up. And something that's struck me is just in our own relatively short lifetimes, how much society and culture and and as a result of that politics has shifted. I mean, if you were to just go back a couple decades ago in the same countries, I'm not talking about in the Middle East, I'm talking about in the USA, in the UK, in Europe, and so on, when things were just more, if you want to use the term conservative, I don't think that much of what you say or believe would be classified as remotely radical or far right or extreme or intolerable. In fact, a lot of the stuff that you question and a lot of the stuff that we combat, in fact, especially with some of the ideology that's being pushed out there and some of the ideas, that's the stuff that would have been considered radical and far beyond the pale and completely outside the Overton window. So it seems like in a matter of a couple decades, you've managed to shift the Overton window to such a stage that if somebody just stays still, and even a lot of liberal people have said this, by the way, people who are what I call sane liberals, right, who aren't super woke progressives, they've just stood still and then everything else shifts and they're finding themselves more aligned with conservatives now. How do you think that's played out? Um, I've watched it. Bro, I was, um, <clears throat> my dad found my old files of my music I made in high school. And I found it interesting, right? Like the rap group I was in, how many times we we dropped the the British cigarette bomb <laughs> in them songs? Yeah, yeah. And how normal it was. It wasn't even taboo. And then it made me sit here and think, bro, the, the stuff I'm saying now, I've always said it, and it wasn't taboo. Matter of fact, this was this was mainstream. Like me, the things people call me radical for now was literally mainstream. You said a couple of decades, bro. I'm talking about 10, 11, 12 years ago. Mm-hmm. And it, it's funny because I used to write blogs. Um, I used to write blogs when uh, I was talking to somebody about this earlier. <clears throat> I remember when the LGBT first started boycotting Chick-fil-A. I watched it with my own two eyes. And the reason why is because the one of the presidents of Chick-fil-A he they asked him for his opinion on same-sex marriage and he said he opposed it mm-hmm. and that was enough for them to boycott it wasn't about he didn't he didn't decline to serve a gay person or anything like mm-hmm. that he disagreed with same-sex marriage which is honestly the the common thing amongst christians uh and they boycotted him i remember this multiple i used to write blogs about it when i was lukewarm i was like listen I need to do better at following God, but this is clearly against the Bible. How are y'all boycotting somebody from sim- for simply having a different opinion, but y'all are saying they are, they're the ones that's intolerant? That is mm-hmm. oxymoronic in nature. And even I, like, I, I'm predicting things in the, mo- in the blog post, but even I couldn't predict what we're, what we're watching today. I promise you. Like, if you would ask me to guess 100 different things of what would have happened, I would not have guessed it would went this far. And I was radical then, radical then, too. Mm-hmm. Um so to watch it play out, bro, it's kind of scary of that of that shift. And I wonder if this, you know, you travel to more places than me. So I wonder if this shift has happened in the Middle East. Like, is, is it the same sharp shift? Because I don't think so. Well, you're kind of seeing that play out right now because we've got the World Cup going on in Qatar. And that has put that country in particular, but I guess as a result, much of the Gulf and Middle East region, it's put it in the spotlight. And 
you're seeing this, to me, very interesting clash between modern Western, I'd say, progressive ideology and conservative Islamic beliefs and culture. And this is a very, to me, my whole lifetime, this has been an obvious clash because one thing I have never understood about the sort of woke leftist types is that they have this sort of affinity with, they don't like Christianity, clearly, for the most part, but they've kind of got this warm paternalistic relationship. I wouldn't even say with Islam, but I'd say with with Muslims, maybe because they're brown and they don't consider that the sort of white man religion. I think that's really largely what it comes down to. But if you're talking about Christianity and Christians and you're talking about Islam and Muslims, and then you're talking about homosexuality and tolerance of LGBTQ plus whatever the acronym is now, um, beliefs and ideologies, and you're talking about which one is less accommodating and tolerant, then you're getting a clash here. We saw this play out in the UK, actually. I don't know if you're aware about two or three years ago, there were, so in the middle of the, in the Midlands in the UK, in some of the middle counties, areas around Birmingham, um, Dudley, Bradford, those sort of areas in the middle of the country, there's a very significant Muslim population, perhaps up over 50% in certain areas of those cities. Yeah. And in some of the schools, they were pushing the LGBT stuff on the kids. And the majority of kids at these schools are from Muslim families. So of course, boom, the clash, right? This led to this clash. And it was kind of funny watching from the outside because you could see these these lefties, these progressives didn't know how to thread this needle because they want to be they want to be pro Muslim and pro LGBT. And they're kind of looking at this battle happening like, oh my gosh, do we side with these angry Muslim parents? Or do we side with the teachers who want to push this stuff on their kids and overall the Muslims won um, and they <laughs> and they stopped teaching that stuff in the schools but it was interesting seeing that play out in the UK especially because in the UK people are again people more on the left especially are very keen to you know they're very pro-immigration right they want to bring yeah. in people from all these all these different countries and so on and I'm looking at it th- as someone who grew up in the Middle East thinking this is going to lead to a clash right like you, these are not people who share a lot of your same values in many cases and at some point this is going to come to a head it's like it's like oil and water right like i'm like these things just they just don't mix but i think it's really interesting what we're seeing right now happening in qatar because you're having people in the west whether in the usa in the uk want to i would argue force try to force acceptance of certain ideas in a place where they know that those things aren't accepted and people don't just want to be what's the what's the thing it's like it's not just about as you've alluded to it's not you could argue at the early on decades ago it was about tolerance slash acceptance whereas now you're seeing this push from some elements of it for dominance and suppression and you know there's there's no tolerance here right they don't they don't care about accommodating what you believe or your religion or whatever they're just like no this is what i want and people are saying oh well this is about human rights i'm like look qatar is not saying that people are not allowed like x group of people are not allowed to come and watch the game they're just saying hey if you're going to come here you know if you want to walk in waving a massive pride flag or wearing a super gay t-shirt or something 
they might not want you to come into the stadium or they might have something to say about it. I said this on Twitter. I respect it because I'm not shocked because I'm sort of like, last time me and you was with each other actually about the Middle East because I sort of like watch how they handle certain situations also. And um, I'm not shocked, but I am shocked that it got so big because first off, I'm surprised that the World Cup was held in such a place. Um, (laughs) This this is an obvious, like, you know what I'm saying, thing that's going to happen. But outside of that... The fact they stood on it publicly, and then I saw some uh, people out there, they called call themselves Qataris or something like that. Yeah, yeah. There that's, called, the name, yeah. that's the name of the nationality. Yeah, and um, and I watched them say, like I watched somebody on Twitter say, this is not the West. Every Everybody's values is not Western values, and y'all are not going to shove it down our throats. And I can respect that. But it seems like Muslims are not afraid to do that. Even here, there has they have like stopped schools from pushing LGBT in certain areas in the United States of America. Uh, and I find it interesting that in a country that claims to be 69% Christian, I don't see that energy amongst Christians. So I, I respect Qatar. I, I respect a lot of the Middle Eastern countries, even though I heard some are actually starting to adopt more Western uh, ideals. But um, from what I'm saying, I, I can respect it. I hear that. Where, here's a question, bro. As someone who's a, a strong and staunch conservative, what do you think is the the proper balance between liberal and conservative values um so i don't think there is a balance and the reason i say that the simplest definition for liberal in politics at least is Mm -hmm. i'm gonna put it in the most non-biased way possible is to is the willingness to accept new ideas the most basic definition of conservative is the opposite is to conserve conserve traditions um, that, that you already have. So at some point, inevitably, those two ideals real, will crash. They have no, that, I mean, will clash because they have no choice, even definitionally. Um, now, the issue we have is, 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 is liberal, is the idea of accepting new ideas always bad. And of course, it'd be a lie if we said it was. I mean, even in the case, I'm going to be honest, I'm more of a, I mean, I can't call myself a big crab because that would mean I'm the leader of a the opposite. <laughs> but I'm not necessarily against. I'm not necessarily 100 against the opposite. And so, if I had a Bryson Gray country, you know, it would be no drug dealers at all. Trust me, we will have mm-hmm. that settled. Um, but it, the United States isn't a theocracy. I've never smoked weed in my life. I can't stand the smell of marijuana. I don't like being around people that are high. But isn't it hypocritical that you can do almost every other type of drug legally, but you can't, you know, do marijuana? Mm-hmm. Now, that that's the issue. It's like that that's ne- that's necessarily liberal to say we should be legalized, right? It's, it's sort of a, a liberal idea, mm-hmm. um, but is it a logical one based on the country we're in? And, so I was like, all liberals, all liberal ideas aren't terrible, but. I think from societies across the world, I can see that conservative ideals are simply better. But uh, I don't. It's hard to see say a balance because at some point, liberalism and conservatism has to clash. It just has to. Mm. I would certainly. I, I get what you're saying. I mean, in terms of the clash, I would almost say it's more between conservatism and progressivism, because to me, progressivism is always wanting to hit the accelerator. Right. So I mean, if you're driving in a car. I mean, is it better to accelerate or brake? It's like, well, it, it depends, right? It depends on mm-hmm. 
what's happening. It depends on what's in front of you, where you're facing and so on, right? If you've got massive problems and a ton of bad ideas in a society and stuff is not functioning well or is genuinely massively oppressing people, right? Conserving that, there's, there's not much wisdom in mm -hmm. conserving that, right? Conserving what's going on in North Korea is not virtuous, right? You, you do want some change there. Right? Well, it depends on the, but, it, 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 the words depend on the country, though. But well, go ahead. Go it ahead, does. Go it ahead. does. It, that's what I mean. It, it's relative. Yeah. But my, my my problem with progressivism per se is that the idea is that always keep changing, right? There's no limiting principle. Keep going. Just keep hitting the accelerator. And it's like, well, that's stupid because sometimes you get things to the correct level and the correct balance or equilibrium, and continuing to change it, you're just gonna you're just gonna break something, and you're gonna get rid of a lot of the good old ideas progressivism thinks that old ideas are inherent basically bad that's right? liberalism a, though that's a, that's extreme liberalism. Per, perhaps by the american definition maybe yeah. this is where there's the to me liberalism is true liberalism and i do think the word gets misused a lot particularly in the states is about largely about individual rights i mean freedom of speech itself is a classically liberal concept and i know you're a big advocate for freedom of speech. I mean, liberalism is rooted in the word, in the word liberty, right? Freedom. Yeah. Um, but I think liberalism and progressivism often get conflated. I think progressives are the people who just, just keep changing, keep changing, keep moving, 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 right? They're never satisfied. You could get the most, you, you've reached all the freedom anyone could ever want, and they still want to keep pushing and keep changing. Um, but there's multiple definitions of liberal, which is why I say, okay. if, you look, if you look up the idea under the scope of politics, it mm -hmm. literally means the willingness to accept new ideas, and that's that that that's uh, that's that's one of the set definitions for liberal. And what you just explained with a progressive, they just keep accepting new ideas. Like mm -hmm. it's just a continuous thing. Liberalism, uh, 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 of course, in the definition that I'm using right now, is who says which idea is enough because you, you, you're going to have somebody more liberal than the than the last person some liberals might be like okay we accepted these ideas now these are good let's stop right because now you're trying to conserve the new ideas mm -hmm. but, at the, but at the same token a progressive is just an extreme liberal no you got to keep going you got to keep going we got to keep accepting new stuff we got to keep accepting new stuff that's why i said at some point under the definition you're speaking about 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 like liberties at least of that nature i i i do agree but at the same token that's why i said the country matters because what you're, uh, what a conservative like a conservative in the UK would be sort of different than a conservative in yeah. the United States. Yeah, you know absolutely, yeah, cause, absolutely. Because yeah, it's based on the history of that of that specific country. And here, um, I, I think I think the clash comes because if we like it or not, it, the founders weren't deists. That's a, that's actually a new idea. Every founder viewed themselves as a Christian. In their own writings, they every single one viewed themselves as a Christian. They had different theologies, uh, different aspects about Jesus' divinity, uh, but they all viewed themselves as Christians. So I think the issue is this country was created by Christians. That's what the American Revolution was in part a religious war, along with taxes. They just don't teach us that at school uh, because they wanted to be able. To, matter of fact, look at the beginning of this country. A lot of states acted as theocracies, uh, and it, and it kept going even in the late 1800s, even in Mormonism. Look how many mm. countries Joseph Smith got kicked out of <laughs> because they, he was trying to pose something different on people. They was like, nope, you're out of there. Look at the mm. Puritans. Look how many people got kicked out of certain states simply because there was a different religion. Um, and I think that I, I think that's the class. The class is simply everybody's becoming more secular, which is a part of, which is a part of accepting new ideas and 
being w- the willingness to get rid of traditional ones and and the, but the country isn't based on secularism in any way shape or form so i think that's sort of where the clash is and i, and I don't think it's an, an avoidable class which is why it's hard for me to see a a balance per se i hear that so when when you say that you're mostly you're specifically you're mostly referring to the u.s so yes i think US. yeah yeah so i think you're my perhaps the answer would be if you could rewind back perhaps a couple decades, then that would have been the right balance, right? Because I assume yeah, you, you, wouldn't, yeah. you wouldn't want to go back to 1922 and be like, okay, cool, like everything's how it should be, right? But there's no, yeah, a yeah. point that would be reached perhaps in the 90s, I don't know, the 2000s, where it's like, okay, cool, we've got the equilibrium. Now let's conserve this. Is that fair? Yeah, I don't even think it's, I don't think it's the 90s. I'm trying to think. Because even when you... And when you look at things like the civil rights movement, right? You know, people go back to that Barry Goldwater. You know, a lot of people hate Barry Goldwater. They think he's racist. But in reality, he wasn't. In reality, uh, Lyndon B. Johnson actually rejected the first two proposed uh, civil rights acts. Uh, and Barry Goldwater supported them. And then they asked, they added something constitution- unconstitutional in it uh, that Barry Goldwater thought was unconstitutional. And uh, that's the one that was actually passed. Like, even then, it's like, I don't know. It's a very thin line to think about because mm-hmm. when you, you know, when you look at statistics, numbers, when were people better off? When was this? When was this? When was this? It'll lead you to a couple of different conclusions. But I do think somewhere in that time frame you're speaking about, in my opinion, is a decent balance. Yeah, I, I think it's complicated because I think a lot of people have the idea that human beings and human societies continually get better. And I don't think that's I think that's largely true overall on a long-term perspective, but I think that we're continually progressing and regressing, right? I think that we're, we're, we're moving forward in some ways, but then in other ways, like clearly certain things are getting worse. I mean, you can look, you can pull up statistics and say, okay, let's look at, let's look at the, let's look at marriage and family. Let's look at marriage and family and the world, uh, the, the situation children are coming into and growing up in, let's look at divorce rates, marriage rates, uh, so on. Let's even even look at birth rates, right? And on all those fronts, it's like, okay, that's getting that's getting worse, right? That's okay, getting worse. Yeah. You've got more and more kids growing up without their father around. More kids growing up in uh, high, you know, divorce rates going up slightly, coming down recently, but generally going trending upwards over the decades. Um, more and more people just you know dropping out of dropping out of marriage, more and more marriage, all, all, all that stuff, the whole family structure, that's, uh, that's clearly declined. But then you look at other aspects, if you look at life expectancy and medicine and the genuine, I would, I would say genuine tolerance and fairness and equality under the law and the way that people are generally treated as in, you know, don't need to go that far back to people being segre- you know, segregation days in certain places, people being brutalized and attacked based off immutable characteristics, so on and so forth. Go back a little bit further, we're, we're back to slavery days. So I think that humans have definitely, we've, our societies have definitely advanced and progressed in some ways, but then with some of those bad ideas that are getting pushed and some of the new ones, you can look at them and you can see how they're even affecting young people and be like, okay, wait, we've, we've overcorrected here um, and you're now getting to a point where in the name of progress, you're regressing again. Yeah. I, what do you think? How can I say this? This is going to be very controversial. Go but, ahead, bro. Go ahead. But how, a lot of things I don't think we've 
progressed in. I think it still goes on more so. Now, we, as humans, we look at things sort of at, at face value. So we look at slavery and be like, okay, that's the worst. You know, that's bottom tier. But I think it's worse now. Because when you when you look at, we're just talking about segregation, right? Even forced segregation. A lot of black communities were faring a, a better. Our, our families were more intact. And statistically, we were faring a lot better when we were forced to do something. Versus now, I feel like they sort of brainwashed us into being mental slaves. Now, there's an argument. Now, the debate is what's worse, being physically a slave or mentally a slave. And I would actually say mental because then it, you become self-destructive. We've gotten all of that, right? We got all the equality. Black people got all the equality you can never dream of, right? Matter of fact, in some cases, it's like we actually get a little leg up in this country. What do we do? What, what have we done with it? Our our two generations ago, matter of fact, my grandparents and my grandma was still alive, watched Louis Farrakhan. She's she she wow. But mm-hmm. even she look at the crap we do now and be like, what the crap are y'all doing? Yeah. Like, what are y'all, what is what is going on? What, what is this? Yeah. They're confused with all the freedom we got. They're with confused. that said, with, with with that said, I mean. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but would it not be, would you literally be saying that things are not better compared to like, let's not even talk segregation. Let's talk actual chattel transatlantic slavery days. I mean, surely, surely things are better now than then. I mean, I don't, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but yeah, I was saying, uh, I mean, I, 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 I know I'm, I'm not I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to put you in any type of Kanye slavery was a no, no, kind of no, 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 trap. Me and Kanye a little different. I stand on everything. I say, in, in in some ways, yes, because we were literal slaves. Even though it's deeper than that, we were slaves on multiple continents, and uh, Africa pretty much sold us into it. So you know that's that. But we were literal slaves, right? We we we, we had no freedom. We were physical slaves. And of course, at face value, we say it's it's much, it's much better. But more so, I'm talking about fresh out of slavery. I'm talking about the few years after slavery. Go look, go look at the single motherhood rates 15 years, 10 years after slavery. It's gonna be hard to find some statistics, but it's easy to find some states statistics um in the south. Uh well after that. Our our, our single motherhood rates was 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 low. Our families were intact. Even 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 when you go to the to the Let's look at post-segregation. If I'm not mistaken, in the 90s, I think was it Manhattan, it was some city in Brooklyn. Um, the black, the black median household incomes actually actually did surpass whites in a few of those areas, but it was because of immigrants. So I guess it'd be unfair to use that statistic. <laughs> um <laughs> you know, I, gotta, I gotta keep it hundred with you. But we look at fresh out of slavery. I'm talking about during let, let, let's take out slavery, right? Let's use mm-hmm. segregation. Okay. In the peak segregation, Jim Crow laws, everything you need to know. Our families are faring, we're faring better under actual oppression. And all I'm saying is when, when you look at us now, we don't have that. We're faring worse, but I think we're still mental slaves. When you so, say we, are you referring to black Americans as an overall Americans. demographic? Okay. As an overall, I'm not talking about me myself personally, yeah, but. Yeah, yeah. I am a black American, so I gotta, you know what I'm saying? 
the majority of us, I think, I, I, I think it's, it's mental, it's mental slavery. And um, when you view things that way, now it's about which one is worse. And most people are going to say, well, physical slavery is worse because, it, you know, it's literal physical slavery. Pulls on the heartstrings, pulls on the muscle strings. And it's all bad. I'm not saying one is good and one is bad. I was making a comparison about which one is worse. With this one, mental slavery, I feel like we're self more self-destructive. We're putting ourselves in bondage. We're actually choosing bondage at this point. It's because of brainwashing. They're getting us to choose slavery. To me, that's that's some of the that's some of the wildest things you can do. Get a, get somebody to choose it. Ooh wee! I don't know, man. That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying slavery was good. I'm not saying go back to slavery. I'm just saying we're in mental we're in mental slavery right now. I think it's just as bad, just in a different way. When you say mental slavery, what what specifically do you mean by that? I have an allusion to what you mean, but what do you mean by that? Well, most people think I'm just talking about politically, right? Voting Democrat. I'm really not. We didn't really start overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly, you know what I'm saying, for the fact checkers, overwhelmingly vote Democrat until after the Lennon B. Johnson and Barry Goldwater um, thing. When I say mental slavery, I'm talking about think about when they introduced full scale, full scale welfare. It was literally mm-hmm. promoted to the black community, not the black community only, but it was a heavy push, just like Planned Parenthood now. It was a heavy push for it in the black community. If you read what it is, I mean, I got family members that went through it. My dad went through it. Uh, when you look at what it is, right, you literally have to choose the government or a family. Mm. Literally. And if they package it real good for you, if they tell you it'll help you, if you're struggling and things of that nature, you cannot have a male. If you get caught with a male figure in that house, you will get taken off of government assistance so quick. My cousin... I meant my cousin, my aunt, she's just younger than me. Sorry for her as my cousin. My mm. aunt got kicked out of Section 8 for this reason. Got called. You get kicked out of it for even thinking you're about to have a family. How is that not slavery? They're they're keeping the they're really incentivizing, they're incentivizing you to not get married and not have a family, not have a father figure in the home. How 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 is that not a, 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 a an intelligent, a more intelligent way of slavery? Mm. Okay, here's a question. Is that an actual example of systemic or institutional racism? Is it racism? Hmm. I mean, you can, I don't, I don't mind people calling it that, but my issue is it's not being forced like physical slavery. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to choose it. Yes. That's what I'm saying. But, it, but if those things are being explicitly pushed as I think you believe they are or were oh, yeah. on targeted towards the black community, knowing they're going to have this detrimental effect over the next several decades, perhaps even centuries would, could that perhaps be an actual, I know, I know the, I know the terms systemic and institutional racism have been uh, taken over by the lefties to mean anything and everything they dislike. Mm-hmm. But if that's the truth, wouldn't that be a potential genuine instance of it? Well, my issue, with it, to, yeah. my issue with it is not even the connotation of left piss on it, right? Mm. The reason I have an issue saying is that is, is, is just simply because it's not forced. It is pushed. I think it's more sinister than what people would call institutional racism or systemic racism. I think it's more sinister than that. Mm. And <clears throat> because you don't have to you don't have to continue really doing it. All you have to do is convince one generation of something and the rest will follow because those are going to be the people raising the kids. And they're going to mm. tell their kids this is the right way to do it. 
not know, but is is it system, systematic racism? The reason I'm still saying no, because it's not like it's only black people doing it, and it's not like it's forced upon you. You are coerced, sort of, into doing it. Does it? I mean, I guess. Does, does it? I does guess. it? Ha- does it have to be forced though? Does it have to be forced? What I mean, if it's deliberately? Well, let Let's assume that they genuinely knew that it was going to have this malicious negative outcome on millions of people, primarily of a specific demographic. Then, mm-hmm. I, I I myself also have a I have an aversion to these terms. I I'm just mm-hmm. I'm doing this as an intellectual high IQ conversation. Yeah. But if I were to think of something that could potentially accurately be described by those terms. That's the kind of thing that I would be I would be thinking. I'd be thinking intentionally disrupting and to some extent dismantling that those families, knowing that economically, in terms of crime, in terms of education, in terms of behavior, culture, and all of that, right? All the impacts you're gonna get from that, knowing how far behind that's gonna set a group of people. And then also you're putting in, yes, you know, no one is you know, people are not being forced to abort their children, but you're deliberately putting these abortion facilities in specific communities, right? You're not finding them in, in the suburbs where the white people are living in, but you're deliberately saying, okay, let's put them here. Let's put them there. And you're putting it under this veneer of, oh, this is about women's empowerment or freedom and, you know, caring about you and so on. I would say that that's, uh, it's certainly insidious. um, If that's the intention. It is insidious, but let me be yeah. clear. I believe yeah, not ahead. allowing black people to vote, black man specifically, uh, not allowing black people to vote is systematic racism. Okay. I believe uh, uh, forced, forced segregation, not allowing black people in, sco- in public schools, I feel like that's factually systemic racism. The okay. issue I have with this specific thing is because that stuff right there is more, I mean, we, let's agree on what racism is. Racism is just discrimination based upon race. Sure. Are, are we agreeing with that? Um. On a on a on a basic level, I'd I'd also add it could be the belief that one race is or ethnicity is inherently superior or superior. inferior. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Now, see, at that point, it's like, does this specifically? Because I feel like the other two examples I just gave, which I believe to be systemic racism, I feel like those two fit the example perfectly. Mm-hmm. Now, is basically, I I will even go as far as to use the word coerce. Is coercing a group of people to do something? Does that fit that specifically? I, like I said, I'm not against it being called that. Somebody mm-hmm. call it that. I'm not gonna be like, no, 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 no. Let's not call it that. I just don't know if I would go as far as 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 far as to saying it's systemic racism. I mean, I understand but, the argument. Okay. However, however, okay, and this is the interesting part. It would certainly fit the definition that the people who tend to use these terms actually define it as. Right? Because they would argue. I mean, if you go to the Ibram X. Kendi and, you know, Robin DiAngeli's schools of thoughts. And they're saying that mm-hmm. if something very disproportionately, especially very disproportionately has a negative impact on a demographic, even if it's not explicitly targeted at them, right? If you've got an 80, 80 or 90% black neighborhood and you're putting in certain policies and facilities there that are going to, or pushing certain ideas that are going to detrimentally affect them, and, you know, you could be like, oh, well, it's not not everyone there is black, so it's not directly targeted at those people. But it it, it sort of is because the people who push these narratives would say, even if you get a disparity in the outcome, then, oh, that's systemic race, which I would say is nonsense. Yeah. But I would say at some point, if it's like, OK, well, 80 percent of that community is X and 
you're pushing this and this and this and you're coercing that and that, then while it might not be explicitly, this is a law that is targeting that group of people, it's still kind of, it's certainly gray. Yeah, but see, I, I I would disagree with that okay. extension of the of the definition personally. Okay. Because then at that point you can apply that to, like as you were talking, I was thinking about how many things you can apply it to. Yes, and, things, and, yeah. and and by the way, I, I I largely agree with you. I'm just saying I'm thinking that so because what's interesting to me is when I've ha- when I have this conversation with some uh, more progressive types, right, the type of people who think that right now you know systemic institutional structural racism are massive problems they often won't even, they won't give the example of, of what we're talking about, right? They won't talk about these welfare policies. Mm-hmm. They won't talk about Planned Parenthood and the way it was targeted in certain, they, they won't talk about the whole dismantling and of the black American family, which I, as a, as a non-American, as an outsider, if I were to think of like, okay, like what's been a big atom bomb dropped on that particular community i i would say it's that i'm not going to say it's modern day modern day policing or nope. uh some of these other things that people like to jump to i'd be like well let's go back like 60 years 60 50 years ago and see what happened there yeah because full-scale welfare i mean everything is like a gradual thing even feminism it was funded but you know we ain't gotta go back that far <laughs> um, but we can but even but if we look at full-scale welfare it, it, it attacks the family it's incentivizing certain things and um, people like free stuff, bro. People, mm. people, pe- people love them some free stuff. And it's, you know what I'm saying? I do think it's sinister. I do think it's insidious, as you said. Um, but I just don't know about calling it that. But then when you go down, once you do that, even if you go read Karl Marx, go read any of these communists, they always knew you had to break down a family. And a, a part that a lot of people don't talk about is all of them knew you had to get people to stop believing in God. But it's a different conversation if anybody go read a Karl Marx book. And there's a movie that talked about this too. I forgot what it's called. It was a popular movie on Rumble. I was looking at that brought it up also and I was hype about it. <laughs> I forgot. But 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 yeah, I mean, if we if we want to call it, I don't know. Like I said, I don't know if it could fit that bill, bro. Sure. I, like me personally, I just don't know if I would make it fit that. But I would I wouldn't be mad if somebody else said it. I hear that. I hear that. Man, how do you how do we how do people who are concerned about this stuff that we're discussing and much more of it, how do we, how do we write the ship? I think that's something that a lot of people are wondering. Here's something I've definitely noticed on my travel or even just with all the online stuff is a lot of people, whether I'm in the UK, I'm in the US, I'm in Australia, people are like, man, you know, I'm agreeing with so much stuff you're saying. I'm worried about this. I've got a kid in school and they're teaching them this or this is being pushed and that's being pushed. And people don't know what to do, right? People are people are noticing it. People are concerned. People are afraid, but they don't really know what to do. They feel like the culture is just moving and they're kind of powerless. What do you think is the way forward? I don't believe that. I believe okay. people know deep down what to do. Because it's not com- what to do is not complicated. It's difficult because how do you get it done on a large scale? But it's not complicated on what to do. I feel like people are lazy and people are fearful. Um, people aren't bold. Because if you possess those three things, the problem is simple, right? Even from the most basic problem, speaking up. Mm-hmm. I've watched people do it. I mean, we, we just talked about what, what Muslims did. Uh, and and uh, I think you said some cities in the UK. Um, and it has happened multiple times 
here where schools wanted to push something and a predominantly and, and, and the majority of people in them schools were Muslim kids. Muslims came and shut it down, went and shut it down. It's, it's, it's the most simplest thing ever, right? But most people, especially Christians, are, are punks. They're scared. Either they're scared or they were told that you have to be tolerant or they were told that all oh, don't judge, Jesus wouldn't judge, and yeah, yeah, yeah. All this like modern Christianity crap. And it, it's making you um, content or it's making you not speak out because you don't even think some people don't even think it's the right thing to do. And all of that is all, all that are that are, they are falsehoods, but it's making you slow. Now, another thing, and this is the hard part, but it isn't so hard. Take your kids out of schools. It's not as expensive as you think. It, 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 you you may have two. I'm not gonna lie. You know, if you got two cars, that two cars might have to turn into one. If you got a 2,500, 3,000 square foot house, that might have to turn into 1,600, 1,700. Um, I know the, these things are difficult, but what are you willing to think is everything in life is a trade off. That's simple economics, right? Even working an eight hour job, what you're doing is you're trading off that eight hours. You could you could be spending doing something else for a job, and in turn, you get money to do what you want to do with it. Everything in life is a basic trade off, even in relationships, right? <clears throat> you get a girlfriend, you get a wife, you trade that for maybe some of the freedoms you have. You can do whatever you want. Um, everything in life is a trade off. Mm-hmm. So if you think <laughs> we are going to get what we want without trading off something, without sacrificing. We all, we already lost. That's impossible, right? So what to do is easy, and mm-hmm. that's why that's why I think uh, a lot of people on the right ha- have started adopting this Messiah complex, where they start treating anybody that says anything slightly right wing as a Messiah, and uh, they're starting to even do it with liberals. I feel like it's out of desperation uh, because people want a savior instead of getting up, and you have to let go. I think everybody, I think people, and especially in America, I don't know if it's like that, like this across the world, but I feel like we're plagued uh, with convenience. Mm. Nobody mm. wants to give up conveniences um, to do something, which is why, as you know, whenever we had the mask mandates, I had stopped flying. I stopped wearing a rat mask. I'm not wearing one again. And I started driving everywhere. I literally drove 26 hours to Idaho. <laughs> <clears throat> and, but, hey, this, the work, I did it for a free show. They didn't even pay me. Wow. In Idaho, you know what I'm saying, and I drove back, and it was more difficult, obviously, because on a flight you I could have done all this in the course of two or three days, <laughs> yeah, obviously. But it's what are you willing to sacrifice to get the results you want? And if you're not, if you're not willing to sacrifice, uh, well, then it's gonna get worse, which unfortunately is what I'm what I'm saying. How optimistic are you feeling about the USA? In some ways, I feel like it's completely doomed. But in some ways, I feel like we can win. And the the small reason why I feel like we can win is even if we take somebody like an Andrew Tate, right? I don't agree with everything Andrew Tate says. Because uh, I, I don't believe in just having sex with random women. I don't believe that's a good thing to push on you. But at the same time, a lot of things, if people listen to Andrew Tate, he probably doesn't even, I'm sure he does know it. He's a conservative. Like in most ways, he's a clear-cut conservative. Yeah. And what what I noticed about Andrew Tate, though, which 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 made me uh, intrigued by him, is that he was winning the battle of ideas. He was winning them. 
That's why they had to get rid of him, man. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Bro, he's been back on Twitter. He's been back on Twitter for less than two days as we record this, and he's almost at two million followers. Bro, this is what I'm saying. <laughs> he was in the battle of ideas. He went against the top liberals you can think of, the, the biggest liberals. He got more views than them, more content than them, more likes than them, uh, more podcast views than them, more anything than them. He won the battle of ideas in the culture war. Mm-hmm. So much so, they had to get him out of there, like you said. Boy, they they called my boy to get bad off every single thing known to man. Like he didn't even break, he didn't even break no YouTube guidelines. They still they said he he got to go. We got to get up because he won. Yeah. And what Andrew Tate showed me is that we can win the culture. Our ideas are better. I our ideas are more liked because people are realizing it. But the sad part is I don't think a lot of like people on the right understand that. Even even look at Kanye West. No matter how controversial Kanye West has gotten, if you look at the if you if you look at um, the comments on academic shade room things of that nature, over fifty percent of the comments are still positive towards Kanye. No matter how controversial he got, mm-hmm. um, and he announced he's running for president. And I was reading the comments. It's like me. I always look at what the culture is saying. Look at the comment section, and. You got comments of people saying, uh, I speak for all of us when we're all voting for him, right? Mm-hmm. And these are not politically inclined people. Kanye West, I haven't heard him say anything intelligent about political policy or anything, <laughs> you know. But the, the mere fact that people are saying, I speak for all of us, that we all vote for him, and it gets 20,000 likes on that one comment, you know, that shows you something about culture wars. So when I see these things, it making me optimistic, right? Like, it's like, you see the little light of the tunnel. We can win. I see it. Hey, 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 we can win. You, you yell it from the rooftops. But then when you look at what we are doing uh, as a people, even amongst conservatives, it's like, oh, dang, we don't see it. We don't understand it. We're, we're, we're not going to win. Because the majority of Americans don't care about politics, especially the 18 to 29 crowd. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and so, so it's sort of pessimistic in that way. It's like a black pill. Like you see Andrew Tate, red pill, red pill, red pill. But you see... <laughs> Do you see, oh, can we capitalize on it? Do we even understand it? And it's a no. I mean, I go back to 2020, and I, I, I think, I don't know if you remember me saying this. Why the crap was Donald J. Trump not on Twitch playing freaking Fortnite or Call of Duty? I don't know. I don't understand it. This makes no sense. Who came, who's on his team? Who came up with these marketing plans? I don't get it. And I started to see Matt Gates um, start to take advantage of it a little bit. You know what I'm saying? If he blow up, it'd be crazy. But you know, Andrew, Andrew Tate understood it. If we could just take that and run, but I don't know if we'll see it. So, well, I think something that you deeply and fundamentally understand, and not just understand, but you act on, which most conservatives, I still don't think get. I think people are starting to get it more, but I still think people are really way behind the eight ball on this one. Is understanding the importance of culture. So many people I talk to, I I do lots of these, as you know, I speak at a lot of political events um, in the U.S. primarily, but also in other places. But when I when I speak at them, I'm often the least political person in the room. Right. Of course, I have my I have my leanings and sometimes I'll talk about politics. But if people pay attention to what I say, most of my content is not directly political. It's more social, cultural psychological, talking about morality, talking about what's going on in the world. I'm rarely talking about the GOP or the Democrats or this person or that person or conservatives, labor in the UK. I barely ever talk about that stuff because I recognize that it's the it's the culture. It's what young people 
think is cool? What is it that they're listening to? What songs are trending? What's popping on TikTok? What are what are those big ideas? And I think that where the so-called left just trounces conservatives, if we're being honest over the decades, is having such a deep understanding of that and a strategy and a plan. And conservatives are always just like, oh, we'll get them at the voting booth, right? We'll get them in that next, wait till, wait two more years, wait until oh the next four years. We're going to, we're going to vote in 2024. And I'm like, I'm not saying, yo, don't vote. All right. Vote, vote according to your conscience for sure. If you're politically motivated, but you can't just ignore, or sometimes it's not even ignore. It's, it's outright attacking certain things. I mean, you're a rapper, right? We're both rappers. We know that a lot of conservatives still will just demonize hip hop. Not, not, oh, yeah. not, not, not some of it, not say, oh, okay, that particular artist or whatever, just the whole genre, right? Rap is rap, crap. the whole genre, rappers crap, crap the whole genre is. And I'm just like, yo, even if you don't, even if it's not your favorite form of music, I think it's, I think it's this, I think it's stupid. Right? I, I think it's stupid to, condemn the entire thing, especially when now, which you didn't really have before, before you didn't really have like conservative rappers per se, but now, now you do explicitly have conservative rappers. You certainly have non-woke rappers. You have people who are pushing stuff that does have a positive message. It's not full of profanity. It's making people think sometimes it's directly in line with ideas and ideals. And instead of, instead of going, you know what, actually cool, we can create something that's a that, and promote something and support something that's a counter to the degeneracy. Instead, it's just like, oh, well, let's just kind of, let's push that to the side. I'm not saying everyone does this because of course we have people who support us, but I think that, uh, you know, I, and I see inroads being made. I see what Daily Wire is doing. I see some of the stuff that PragerU is doing, moving into, you know, making programming for kids, you know, doing cartoons, doing more stuff, you know, with musicians or creatives and artists moving into film. I think all that is really dope. Um, and I'd love to see, I'd love to see more of that in the future because it's been so one-sided for our entire, our entire lifetime. It's been completely one-sided. Bro, it's, it's, it's hard. And I push this all the time and you know it, but it's so hard because when people like me and you push it, people think it's solely for our own benefit. And, and it's like, <laughs> and it's, it's like, and, it, and it's because they genuinely don't understand the majority of conservatives. They don't understand culture, so they don't understand what we're saying. It's just true. You know, because you in it. Like, perfect example, bro. You want to really get in the culture war, culture battle? Think about this. When Let's Go Brandon hit the top forty on Billboard, number twenty eight on Hot One Hundred, I don't even think most conservatives understand how insane that truly is. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't understand that their record labels put up millions of dollars for their artists to get in the top 40. Like, that's the that's the that's the success point. And if you get top 10, then you just blew it out the water. Mm-hmm. And Billboard did an article, and I tried to show people this article, right? And I even shot, I even said something about the dude who made the other Lusco brand that I can't stand. He he's just the worst human alive. But um, I even said something about him. Billboard Charles did an article and said, This is crazy. Because it shocked them. Who the crap gets top 40 billboard based on iTunes sales in 2022? This should be impossible. Mm-hmm. But they did an article on talking about how crazy the entire billboard staff did an entire article, bro, about Let's Go Brandon song. And they said two songs, Let's Go Brandon top 40. What the crap is going on? How is this possible? And everybody was like, I'm confused. Everybody was confused, bro. But then towards the end, they was like, Well, there's nothing for us to worry about because we think this is going to be short-lived. And they said, if it, if it, if if this became a consistent thing, we should worry about it. 
But we know that it's going to be short-lived, so it's nothing to worry about. They were they were correct. It lasts for like two or three weeks. No conservative song has gotten that popular again since. And I, I try to scream this from the rooftops, and I'm like, y'all, if we continue, let's just say, let's just say, let's just say three conservative rappers, right? Zuby, Bryson Gray, and Tyson James. If us three could consistently get our projects, let's not even talk about songs. Let's talk about songs, songs or albums to compete with the top artists like once a month or something. Do you know how quick we would get in the conversation? I'm not saying culture will change because I'm saying it'll get us in the conversation of the culture war. Mm-hmm. And we would get in plate. We would get in the positions to change the culture at that point. People don't understand that's how simple something could be. Daily Wire, uh, uh, they go forward with the movies. And if we if, if we could get the, the Daily Wire movies or any conservative films to compete with the top films that come out, do you, yep. <laughs> you know, like yep. this is how simple it is to, to to start the change with culture, and it can happen. You know, people think it happened over the course of 15, 20 years. Andrew Tate proved that no, no, it can happen right now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But we don't understand it, and it and it and, it, and it's like it's it, it's so mind boggling, bro. We put so uh, we put every every ounce of energy we have in the political aspects of things, and like you said, not everybody because we have a lot of uh, people that follow us that support our mm-hmm. music. Uh, for for half to half a song, even though the Billboard toss is crazy, but I'm saying that we just knew how simple it was, man. Yeah, absolutely. I do think that people need to, and this is not to look any anyone listening to this is already supporting us to some degree. So massive shout yeah. out to anyone who's even even listening to this conversation. But um, yeah, I think overall people need to because look, not 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 everyone's a creator. Most people are not going to be creatives. Most people aren't going to make podcasts or make YouTube videos or make music or music videos and so on. But I think that people need to perhaps think a little more consciously, or I would I would suggest that people think more consciously about where they're putting their time, their attention and, and their money, because that's the economy that we now live in, in this era of streaming and YouTube views and social media and all that, you know, retweeting, retweeting is free. Liking is free. free. Sharing a song is free. Streaming, even listening free. to the music, downloading the album is free. You can stream it, put it on repeat. If someone is out there doing something that you like, especially for the people who say, hey, you know what? I can't I can't speak out because I've got this corporate job or whatever. Man, you know, back some people's Patreon, right? Yep. Subscribe to some people, throw them some money. It's, it's all a pre and I'm again, I'm people like, ah, oh, Zuby's grifting. I'm not grifting. I'm saying, yo, if you want to, if you want people to create more of this, this stuff does take money. It takes money, um, to make music. It takes money to market it. It takes money to create these movies, create these comedies, all these things that creators are doing. It has to be, it has to be supported. And I, I think that people miss that, right? As soon as someone even wants to monetize something, people, oh, you're, you're grifting or you're, you're, trying, to, you're trying to do this. You're trying. And it, it, it gets frustrating because it's just like, man, do you, do you want this to exist or, or not? Right? Are you going to support the people who are at least, at least trying to move the needle? But Pete, though, the part that freaks me out is what they don't call grifting is when the GOP texts you every day to donate. <laughs> I'm, I'm sick. I'm bro. Think about this, right? Yeah. Donald Trump literally asks people for money all the time, and you support it because you think he's doing something important. I donated hundreds of dollars to Donald Trump. 
maybe over a thousand. I don't really know how to check the records, but hey, man, you you donated thousands more in promotion. That's for sure. Oh, Tommy's, and we added promotion of Donald we got Trump. Whole right? albums, bro. Whole bro, albums, bro. I got my entire family to vote for Trump. I got all my friends. Bro, I, <laughs> I, I could give you twenty people for hundred percent fact that I know personally voted for Trump, and I know I inspired more people to vote for Trump. So we going off that. It's a lot more, but even me personally, I, I done given at least almost a thousand dollars to Donald Trump campaign. Right? I'm not saying don't do that. I'm saying nobody calls it grifting because you think that's for the greater good. Culture is more important than politics. People may get mad by that, but it's the truth. These mm-hmm. labels, Little Nas X, Cardi B, how much how much money do y'all think they pin into promoting WAP? Oof, millions. I, millions. I got a friend who had a song that went gold. It's a degenerate song. My friend Luke had a song I might be there. No, I think it's platinum now. And they in the initial investment was two hundred and fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollars for one song. One song. This is mm-hmm. a single. Yep. We don't need that to compete with them. Proof. Let's go, Brandon. But like Zuby said, a retweet, a like, a share. If you have Spotify, people like me and Zuby should have a million Spotify listeners. And I don't know how many have Daily Wire actually released a film yet. Uh, yeah, they've released a few films, like brand new ones. Yeah, so I mean, of course, they had the Matt Walsh documentary, "What Is a Woman." Oh yeah, yeah. Of course, before that, they had a run, hide, fight, and then a "Terror on the Prairie," the one with Gina Carano. Okay. Yeah. Those should be on the top of every chart if they're out somewhere, or when they release a new one, the 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 first week sales should be through the roof, or the mm-hmm. downloads or streams should be through the roof. I mean, if we want to compete with culture. It's going to take money, and y'all know it because y'all do it with politicians all the time. So, I mean, this is just the reality of life, man. Yeah, most def, man. Here's a question as, as well I wanted to ask, man, because you're uh, another thing you're a staunch advocate for, and you've been speaking out about a lot, especially over the past couple of weeks, is freedom, is freedom of speech. So, firstly, well, first question, what does that mean to you? Uh, it means what the law, the law says okay. it means. Uh, so Why do you think? I, it, wh- yeah, go oh, ahead. Sorry, let me, let me not cut you off. You go ahead. Sorry. No, uh, I mean obviously there's a few things it doesn't include, and I feel like everybody already knows what it doesn't include. I mean you can't, you know, you you'll get punished if I like if I say Zuby, I'm gonna murder you tonight. You know, so obviously that's a threat, and the yeah. police will be at your door. YouTube, don't pull that down. That was just like an example. Yeah, it was an example. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, obviously, um, but outside of that, I mean. Everything's under free speech. And by the way, porn isn't considered free speech, but that's a different topic um, legally. But yeah, but yeah. Gotcha. Why are you so passionate about it? I'm passionate about it because that's the only way to have a fair battle of ideas. Um, and and it's, it's it's the one genuine thing that, that can be fair. It doesn't, that doesn't have to be Nobody has to be favored in that. That's the one, like, that's the most genuine thing you can have is a conversation. Mm-hmm. Like, it's the most genuine thing that could happen, bro. And unless somebody is breaking the law, there is no reason to hinder it. Like, because if you're hindering it, you're gonna only you, you're only gonna mess it up for one side, and and that's the and that's the harsh reality. And from a selfish reason. I need it because some countries, some countries, <laughs> I mean, come on, man. Listen, listen, I'll say what I want, but I'm very well aware that saying what I want to say comes with consequences on social media nowadays. Mm-hmm. And I want to continue saying what I want to say. So even on a selfish level, it's like, I need it, bro. Like, because I was saying the same thing for years and I refuse to bow and kneel 
So I, I need it. It's a requirement for my entire existence. <laughs> I hear that totally, man. Here, here's a question. How does that how does that fit in with your view of you didn't explicitly say theocracy, but a a nation or a society that is more in line with biblical values and tradition? How where do you where how do you see those things lining up? This sort of comes back to what I was saying about the balance between liberalism. I'd say absolute I'd say true freedom of speech is a traditionally liberal value more than it is actually a traditionally, certainly more than it is a traditionally conservative one. But how would you square that with having a more tradition, traditionally religious society or even nation and still having true freedom of speech, which includes freedom to criticize religion, freedom to Uh blaspheme and so on Uh and so forth. How do you, how do you see those things working together? Easy. Um, see me, I separate things in my brain. So there's a difference between the theocracy uh, utopia in Bryson's in Bryson land versus <laughs> where we live in the United States of America. Um, so the theocracy that I was I have is, is, is not applicable in the United States of America. So what we have here is we we've had something called freedom of speech in the Bill of Rights. That's just that's something we've had since the earliest foundings of this country. Um, and I, I, I just think that still needs to be applied. I, I believe the constitution is, was meant to be the, the law of the land. Like, even if you have something different in your States, you had to abide by this right here though. And, um, so, so that's how I separated in my mind. Uh, you could criticize, you could, you could, you could do whatever you can say, whatever you want, uh, because, because voice is not an action unless you call to action. Mm-hmm. Um, so you should be able to have the conversations, uh, now in Bryson land, obviously, now we're talking about a little. We're talking about something <laughs> a little different in Bryce Land. Like I said, bro, I don't. I try to conflate things. So you know, I feel like there's a debate amongst you know if weed recreationally should be legal uh, in all states, right? But in Bryson Land, it just flat out be illegal. So I just you know, I just like I, I don't conflate the two because it's not that's not reality. Mm-hmm. So in this country, we have freedom of speech though, and I do think it's a conservative. Uh, I, I do think it's conservative because you're conserving the Bill of Rights. Um, something that was already there. It's not like freedom of speech is some, some new things. Now, it is true that historically conservatives were against allowing certain, you know, freedom of speech. That is true. But I'm saying, as far as an I, uh, idea, I don't think that conserving the Bill of Rights is, is liberal. I actually think it would actually be conservative. I got you. I got you. So, is what <laughs> this might be a funny question? Is Is there a country out there, whether you've been there or not, but which you think? resembles what you call what you call Bryson land because 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 a lot a lot of what you say does I mean again as someone who grew up in the Middle East a lot of what you say does make me think like man this 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 sounds like Saudi Arabia (laughs) it sounds like like (laughs) listen I'm not a I'm not against you know I'm not I'm not going obviously mine would be a little different because I'm not a Muslim right but you know uh, like I said man I'm not I'm not against that idea. And the reason why, though, is because, you know, I told you this before we had personal conversation and you explained to me, like, the differences between, you know, Middle East and, and here. And you even said you like here better. Right. But when you were talking and a lot of stuff you were saying, I'm like, you know, you're convincing me. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I'll, t- I'll tell you what, man, I was in I was in Dubai. I was in Dubai just a few weeks ago. 
And my sister, my, I've, got, I've, I've got a sister that lives there who's lived there for years. Um, of course, I lived in Saudi Arabia for 20 years with my whole family. And when I was in Dubai recently, man, I was like, man, this is tempting. This is, this is no, for real, bro. A lot of reasons, too. You, you know, there's no income tax. Yeah, you, you told me that last time. Yeah, there, there's, there's no income tax like this degeneracy in the schools and whatever. Like, you don't even worry about that. It's super safe, super, super safe, super, super clean. I was like, man, <laughs> Listen, I, was, I, was, I, was like, I might come back to the Middle East. Listen, I was, I was looking up like what is life there, right? Like, is it safe? It's so funny because the Andrew Tate video popped up. And of course he was being, he was over exaggerating, yeah. but he was like, he was like, you can leave a hundred thousand dollars sitting on top of a Lamborghini. I don't know if it was Saudi Arabia or Dubai, one of them. He said, you can leave it there. You can walk away and come back. He was like, it's going to still be there. Yeah. He said, you do that anywhere in the of America. It is gone. Gone. <laughs> <laughs> gone. Yeah. And yeah. when he said it, I'm like, bro, safer. Uh, from what I, from what I've read and what I hear, you don't have the drug addiction problems. You don't have the homelessness problems like you have here. Like a lot of the degeneracy problems you don't have here. Like you said, we, you don't even worry about that. Some, some LGBT being pushed in the schools. You don't even worry about crap like that. And I'm not saying these places are perfect, but once again, everything is a trade-off, right? You, I don't, I, I don't know this, but you live in Saudi Arabia and you've been, and you, you got to live in Dubai. So I don't know this, but I don't, I don't, I don't believe you, you. I don't believe citizens have the same economic opportunities as we have here, but I don't know that for sure. The citizens, mm, I'm probably not the best place person to, probably not the best place person to answer that. I'm not sure. Okay. Well, yeah. I, I'm sure, I'm sure there's some, there's going to be some <clears throat> sacrifice from here to there that you have to make. Mm -hmm. But me personally, I, as a person who care more about the social aspects of things, I care about economic, uh, economics also, but I care more about the social aspect of things. I mean, these places just seem like a more, you know, attractive, attractive, attractive place. That's all I say, you know. So, my, you know, Bryson Land would be sort of like, you know, these places that you're speaking of, maybe a little tweaks, but you know, something like that. Yeah, I hear that, man. It, it, man, it, it, it's an interesting conversation because, man, there's so many, I've been to almost 40 countries at this point. Mm. And the, the trade the off point is, is really interesting because it's something I'm always trying to, explain to people because everyone people are always looking for utopia regardless of their beliefs people are yep. looking for this utopian city or state or or town country and it's always trade-offs it's oh. always trade-offs what what is good for one person and and another thing that's funny and it's even funnier in this world where people like to talk about diversity and tolerance and so on and but it's also funny because i've noticed that people also will get mad at people for their preferences. So if I if I say anything positive about Dubai or Saturday, like this people want to jump down my throat and start yelling at me and calling me that and I was like, wait, wait, I thought I thought we were allowed to have our right like I'm not I'm not saying you have to move there. Right? Just like this thing going on in Qatar. That's why it's making me laugh because people are acting like they're forced, like they were forced to go there and they were forced to wear a rainbow flag t shirt to go to the game. It's like, number one, you didn't have to go to the country. If you've got huge issues with a country, if you're just like, you know what, I find, I find their laws and their customs and traditions, I think it's backwards and I don't like it and I don't want to support it and support their economy. I'm like, cool, like you don't have to go. But what I find weird is when someone is good, wants to go there and then they also want to be, right? I don't know if you saw the thing where people were getting mad because they can't drink alcohol in the stadium. Yep, I saw that people yeah. get angry at that right? too. <laughs> To watch to watch to watch a two hour game. I'm like you you so you can't just chill on the drinking for two two and a half hours 
right? Like you're not in your country, you know, you're going into an Islamic country, right? But you still want to eat your bacon. You still want to, yep. you know, drink your, uh, to me, that's that kind of Western arrogance where I'm just like, man, like, that's, bro. <laughs> I'm like, dude, stop that. People, people like, it's funny, bro. I, I said this to you today. I think everybody just gang bangs on their side. Everybody like, nobody really has true belief systems. Everybody just like their belief systems for whoever they like. And what I mean by that, like, you see me go through this like if you say anything positive about islam as a christian you get attacked the same way yes but people got mad at me because i said yo um allah is just a name for god and that's correct it's i mean that's really what it is mm-hmm. and christians came down my throat called me an islam a muslim sympathizer and i'm like no bro the christians there say to say allah what are you talking about bro yep and it's just this thing where you, you get attacked for you get attacked for anything, any belief system, bro. You get attacked, even if it's true. It's just everybody's just so emotional, bro. And it, 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 it sort of drives me crazy. I try to I try to look at everything from an objective standpoint, no matter what it is. Even if um, even if me, even if me personally, I don't like it, I'll be like, okay, let me see what's going on. Even mm-hmm. if I don't like some somebody, I'll be like, okay, this was actually like people were mad at me because I told Elon Musk to restore Kathy Griffin, and I'm like. Mm-hmm. This doesn't mean I like Kathy Griffin, bro. Like, I'm not, I'm, I'm not a liberal. I just thought he was doing a, a quick little temper tantrum. And I'm like, bro, just just, just let, the, let the dumb girl back on. If you, if you was going to kick her off, it should have been for her holding Trump's head, not this. Yeah, yeah. And, and conservatives got mad at me. You know what I'm saying? And I mean, obviously, now conservatives mad at me because I'm advocating that Alex Jones should have his account back. You know, I don't know. <laughs> but you, there was no winning in this situation. You can't please everybody. No, you really can't. And once you get past a certain number of followers, even oh. attempting to, you're, you, you, it doesn't matter what you, you can just breathe, right? You could just, you could tweet a smiley face and someone will get triggered and ask bro, why, you know. <laughs> bro, I tweeted, well, today I tweeted, you know, you know, I, I try to report on the news. If I see something, I try to, you know, report about it. All I tweeted, bro, was Kanye plans to run for president in 2024. What are your thoughts? That's all I said. Mm-hmm. I kid you not. Somebody said, I think you need to take some time off Twitter and focus on yourself. And I said, <laughs> like, I, I said, first off, what did I say? Then I said, secondly, I don't focus on myself. I always focus on God. Then there's like, well, I can't tell by this tweet. This tweet doesn't seem like you're focusing on God. And I said, I'm, I just reported about Kanye claiming to run for president in 2024. What did I, what did I even do wrong? <laughs> so it's just like, like, what, like once you get so many followers on Twitter, bro, it's like, it really doesn't matter what you post. Mm. Somebody's going to be upset at something, bro. Yeah. What I think happens with Twitter and social media in general is there are some people, millions of people every day who they're, they're already mad. They're already triggered. They're already angry at life and they don't necessarily know why. And they go and they scroll and they just find the first thing or the first person that like triggers this emotional thing and they just go at you, right? It, you, it might not have anything to do with what you said. It's not even related to what, like, they're just like, I just need to get this out. I, I, I just got yeah. this thing. I want to get, and you just pop up. Then you, your face just pops up and they're like, okay, <laughs> hit reply. And they just write something and I'm looking at it like, what, what does this have to do with what? Like, why is this person so angry? I look at my tweet. Sometimes, sometimes I have to go back and check what I wrote. I'm like, wait, wait. Did I write what I thought I wrote? Because this seems like a real big, a real big jump that's not warranted based on what I said. At, at all, people, I'm convinced, bro. And I know, like, a lot of my tweets can be polarizing. I'm just convinced people don't even read the tweets all the way. I, I'm convinced <laughs> that sometimes, for real, bro. I think sometimes people don't like the person, but they probably read like the beginning of the tweet and like, okay, I've heard enough, and then start, <laughs> <laughs> and, and then doesn't start responding to your tweet. And then, it, you know, the funniest thing to me is, like, sometimes I respond. I don't respond to everybody because it's impossible. But I just, like, 
I'm a psychology freak, right? So mm. I like seeing like how would this person respond to this question after saying what they say. So so a lot of times I respond to specific certain people if I if I think if they said it's so crazy. Like if I think what you said is so like I mean, I'm not disrespectful, but sometimes I'm like, if it's so stupid what you said, I I'm like I'm like so intrigued to respond to you because I want to understand how you would handle the conversation, right? And um when you do it, bro, people just go further off the tracks, bro. Further off the tracks. And it's just like, mm. I didn't say, I didn't even say this. Like somebody said, uh, Bryson is a DeSantis simp because I've, uh, because something happened with the DeSantis. And I'm like, bro, I've never ever said I like DeSantis. Matter of fact, anybody has been following me long enough. No, I'm not even a fan of DeSantis. But if you say one thing positive, it's so, it's so crazy how polarizing it is, bro. If you say one thing positive about DeSantis, you like DeSantis. If you say one thing negative about Trump, you're a never Trumper. It's the most weirdest thing you have to experience, bro. But it just shows you how crazy people are. Mm. Have you started getting uh, controlled op, controlled opposition? Oh yeah, I've been getting that. Okay. Ever since um, people like that one right I, now. I, yeah, I've been I've been called that ever since uh, last week. I, I, I thought that I thought like no no disrespect like when Trump explained why he said we said it to DeSantis, I thought the reasoning was just incredibly silly. Um, he said that DeSantis didn't answer a question the way he wanted it answered, so he came out and, and, and attacked them. I'm like, mm-hmm. that just sounds crazy. And the problem with Twitter, I think deep down people know stuff is stupid. So what they do is they'll create a whole new theory outside of what the person said. So, you know, with Trump, they're like, no, no, Trump did it because he has, it's a deeper reasoning why he did it. So I'm like, he, he just said this. Though. Like, I watched him say this on True Social. Like, I'm on yeah. True Social. I follow him. My boy told you why he said it about DeSantis. And I was like, no, 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 that's not why. And I'm like, what? You know, and, and it's just like, and ever since then, people have been calling me a controlled opposition. You're a traitor. You're a grifter. Mm-hmm. I actually, it's funny. I get called the same things that the left calls me. Yep. It's, it's, <laughs> you know, it's, 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 it's so weird, bro. Yeah. I, do you know what? I, do you know what I actually think has happened? And it was happening before this, but I, I genuinely think that the past two and a half years, the whole so-called pandemic situation and the response to it, I genuinely think that it broke a lot of people's brains. That's possible. I, I, I honestly think that the, the damage that was done to people's sanity and mental well-being, by, I'm talking across billions of people, I think it's genuinely had an impact. Because I see a difference even now, like between, say, 2019 and now, just in the way uh, people's like emotions and ability to like the, the logic and the there's something that's been disrupted. I don't know if people just spent too long isolated. And I think another thing that happened is because, because we got lied to so much, whatever country you're in, right? Every single day they're lying to you on the media, they're lying to you every single day for over, imagine over, over 700 days straight, they're lying to you, right? You can't trust anyone. You can't trust any of the experts, any of the officials, any of the, you know, the so-called science. They're just lying and gaslighting you for 700 days straight. Some people literally stayed in their home they didn't travel. They didn't leave. They weren't seeing their friends. All the things that normally keep us sane. It was taken away from some people. You know, there's people who, you know, kept kept moving, kept doing stuff. Hundreds of millions of people did not. Like, they just stayed rooted in that spot. And they're just there on Twitter, on YouTube, on things. And I think that because they got so used to being lied to all the time, maybe, now it's almost like they don't think they can. I've noticed people are like, people on the, people on the right not all of them, but a lot of people on the right have become extraordinarily paranoid. Oh, like, man. like, like super paranoid to the, to the point where like 
everything is 4D or 5D chess and nothing can be taken at face value and everything you're saying has a double meaning or a hidden symbol or you're like, I don't know, I scratch my chin in the interview and I, I'm doing some Illuminati symbol now. And oh this, like, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't getting that in 2019. Now oh. I'm like, yo, I think this thing has really affected people's psychology. I think a lot of the people who, who more, more on the left side of the aisle, they got their brains broken in another way, right? Just the fear, right? Sheer fear, fear, fear. But I think on the right, like people became super paranoid and now everyone is, you can't trust anyone, you can't trust anything. And I think that's, I think it's still playing out. I think that is the most unique, but most accurate theory I've heard. And I'm gonna tell you why. I say this, every time I go live on Instagram, I have to repeat this because people always bring up crazy stuff. It was not like this, bro, when I first got into this movement. People were not like this. The stuff, none of this stuff was like this. It was like a totally different movement, and it has been freaking me out. And I cannot figure it out. I'm like, bro, what the crap is going on? I haven't been able to figure it out, figure, figure it out, bro. And it's, it's interesting because you're right. Before, it, essentially before COVID, it just genuinely wasn't like this. People, people would say, you know, um, you know, followers of Trump is a cult. And I, I'm, I used to argue, argue against it. I said, no, because people, I watch people criticize people like we're, we're not a cult at all. And then now it's like people have actually created lists of people that have like turned on Trump or something and everything is 5D chess and everything is a theory. We're getting paid by this person or this person. Yeah. Like, bro, <laughs> bro, the Illuminati stuff. Somebody told me in one of my, bro, on my God Wins album, right? It's it's a blue background. And I shot this in a living room with my lights that I bought. Like, it's so interesting. And somebody said, because this side of my face was more covered and you could barely see my eye right here. It's like it's a, mason, it's a mason thing or whatever, Illuminati thing. And I'm like, bro, I did that in my living room. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? I, I released two albums that year. One was red and other was blue. So I, I thought I was doing something so cool. And now you just like ruined my entire vibe. <laughs> and I, <laughs> bro, like, people, like, I think you're right. I think the, the last two and a half years, people have become extremely paranoid and their brains have been broken. Yeah, I, I'm really, really seeing that. I think the amount of damage that's been done is psychologically i think it's been really underestimated and yeah man i've had the it, it's been weird for me over the over this this year because in the past few months like the past six months all of a sudden you know back before it was oh you know zubi's uh, funded by the gop or uh, people said i was funded by the trump administration or i was funded by the tories in the uk or this but, but this was like all coming from lefties but now I'm getting people like more on the right who are like, oh, Zuby's a Zuby's a controlled op or he's a hey, Zionist shill or he's a Illuminati or he's working for he's a free I'm Freemason. I'm a Freemason now, apparently just, just out of out of nowhere. And it's weird. And people would say things like, oh, you know, my my brand color is purple. Right. Yeah. Has been for more than 10 years. And now people oh, he's, he uses purple because purple is the color of the de of deception. And, oh, uh, you know, like I, I have. I, like there'll be a like I'll, I'll be sitting like that or something or just like resting my hands and they're like oh look at that photo look we've got this photo his hands are in this position so this and this there's one where um I, from <laughs> behind the scenes on a music video I was shooting the music video for real where I was I was wearing my suit and um I was talking to the director across the room and he was like you ready to go and I was like yeah man I'm ready to go like all good right okay I'm all I'm all good that photo that photo People are like, explain yourself, explain yourself. Oh my this is him. And I, I'm like, or, or, you know, in the devil may cry music video, I go, I go, we all know, we all know Hollywood is satanic, but there's no yeah. wickedness on my team. And I do that intentionally and people freeze frame the video and they're like, 
explain yourself. I'm like, did you listen? Did you listen to the song? Right. I'm, I'm, I'm criticizing. I'm, I'm like, <laughs> you're literally doing it to call out the people <laughs> that they're claiming you are. Like, what? Bro, it is wild. Bro, it, it, it is so crazy. I, I got to do that. Send me some stuff yesterday, bro. Let me see. I, I could probably pull it up right now. Bro. Yeah. <laughs> the dude sent me some stuff, broski, and he got pictures. Like He sent me pictures of me and said, when are you going to admit what you are or something like that? But I'm like, man, y'all are That's freaking weird. insane, bro. I got too many DMs, but uh, I can't. I'm not even, I'm not even about to try. But um, oh, but he sent it to me. He sent me a picture with me and Tommy Vex that, that we took at his video shoot. And, and they're like, look, look how your hand. Because, you know, in all my pictures, I do this. Yeah, like, yeah. It doesn't matter what picture I do it, and, and they said that is like some type of Mason thing now. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, bro, how? Like, what are you talking about? But I took a picture with the Proud Boys, and, and you know what the Proud Boys sign is, and and they said that was a Mason. I'm like, no, they're doing it to troll, <laughs> bro. It's, it's, bro, people have lost their absolute minds, bro. And you yeah. might be right because during COVID, during COVID, I was traveling all the time, mm-hmm. so I, you know, I don't know if that saved me, but bro, it is nuts, bro. Yeah, it's wild, bro. But what have you got? What have you got in plans creatively, man? You've been, but dude, before before anything, man, let me let me say congratulations, dude. Because in the past two years, I've been, I've been in both both quiet and vocal admiration of mm-hmm. your freaking work rate, dude. I don't even know how many freaking albums you've dropped since our last interview, but it's like it's like five or six, and I don't know twenty, thirty singles. Like you've been you've been going hard, and as a fellow independent artist, I know. It's freaking hard and you're making it look easy. So congrats, man. Like I've seen you hitting, I've seen you hitting billboard. I've seen you, man, just, you know, do, doing shows, growing your audience, getting tons of listeners on Spotify, the success of Let's Go Brandon, all these other songs, man. It's gen, it's genuinely inspiring. So thank you, bro. I, I believe in giving people their flowers and showing props when it's due. So congrats on that. Thank you, bro. Hey, you already know. Congrats to you, bro. You got an M on Twitter. You grow. I saw you grow up <laughs> on Instagram, your YouTube going crazy. I'd be like, bro, that is inspiring, bro. So same, same to you, bro. Um, but as, as far as work rate, bro, I was talking to me and Tyson was talking, I think like after let's go Brandon, after let's go Brandon stuff had died down, which I knew it was going to do. And I, I was gearing up to release my album us versus the industry. And I told him, I was like, after this, I might not drop any albums. I might just drop a single every Friday. And mm-hmm. the reason why is because for one, <clears throat> when I was talking to my boy Tyson, I'm like, we, we have to work harder than them. That's how I view it. Cause we don't have the funds they have. We don't have the the backing they have even with the conservative movement i know my music is like more controversial than a lot of other people so unless it's something like let's go brandon that blow up on its own first i'm not gonna get the support from like mainstream conservatives all the time so i feel like i feel like i just like i have to work extra extra hard to to do it and i'm built for it i've been making music all my life i have an album a secular album of 150 songs on it all produced by me so i don't even produce all my music anymore so now this is like honestly the easiest thing ever and um, cause I just like making music, so I, I was like, you know, after this album, I'm just release a song every Friday. How do you and get stuff out there? So to, to get stuff out there, do you? I assume you self record. Do you have a studio at home? Yeah, my studio is like yeah, right okay. in front of me. Like the camera right here and behind it is my studio. Okay. Um, and um, so 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 it's just easy to have my own camera. Even though the camera broke recently, I bought a red camera, like a seven thousand dollar camera, and it, it just recently broke, and I had to get a new one. So that's gonna that's gonna be tough. We're still shooting with it because it don't look bad because it's a red camera, but it's like it's not the same. Mm. Um, but um, yeah, bro. So so after my last album, Us versus the Industry, the last album I only released one album this year, which is Us versus the Industry, and it was in January. My highest, my best seller album, and I haven't released singles every. It's dope every album, day. by the way, man. Thank you, bro. 
and when we when I started listening to songs every Friday, me and Tyson started doing it together. It grew everything. Everything started growing. The videos were getting at least twenty thousand views in one day. It was amazing. Like everything, like it was like great. And then in 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 in, in June, we decided to do like a theme in June, an anti LGBT theme in June. <laughs> <laughs> you, and, had to, um, Brandon. You, you, you had to Bryson you had to you know what I'm saying I had to <laughs> and that, that was probably like it killed it right because <laughs> the views were crazy but YouTube suspended like two of my videos that month a live like a live stream like I've been sending them two strikes bro since June and I haven't been able oh, to wow. just get all of them off and um because every time I try to get one off something else happens and bro, ever since then, me and Tyson, our views have gone like down. You know what I'm saying? Like ever since them two strikes, like everything has been going just like it's like YouTube, sort of like you know how YouTube do. It, I mean, you can say it's our fault because we like went against the guidelines twice. So YouTube, like, we're not sending their stuff out anymore. And I still release music every Friday because it's like you just never know. Um, and, and, and you know, I grind, bro, but you know, it's not the same. And then like the only place I'm not shadow banned or, or banned on right now is Twitter. Uh, the, the way Twitter works is like different, and Twitter hasn't shadow banned me in a while. Um, so you know, so I, that's why I post my full music videos on Twitter now because it's like it's only I had to because there's no you know what I'm saying. But yeah, Friday I'm releasing the album. Uh, I released the album in January, and now I'm releasing the album sort of, you know, the end of November, the beginning of the year, end of the year. Okay. It's called Lion Music. Uh, I'm listening to this Friday, and um, it's, it's more Christ centered. But Hunter Biden hacked on there, which made Billboard, FBI raid on there, made Billboard. I'm still grinding, bro. I feel like we have to work, you know. And what you know, it's funny. The first song on there is called "Angel Time," and the reason why is because you know a lot of rappers now like to say they're on Demon Time. You know what I'm saying? It's like they're, they're proud to say I'm on Demon Time. And, and you know, I, I, I'm saying you know I'm saying something. I'm saying the opposite. So I made a song called "Angel Time," and that's that's like my whole vibe, bro. It's like I want to work harder than Satan, and it may not work. It may work like how I want it to work, but but I'm going to try anyway. So that's that's what that's about. I hear that, bro. Where can people follow you online? I mean, you can follow me everywhere. I'm on Twitter, obviously. I'm on uh, Twitter, Real Bryson Gray, True Social, Real Bryson Gray, Parlor, Real Bryson Gray. Uh, and then my YouTube is Bryson Gray. <clears throat> and uh, Instagram is Bryson Creates. And, you know, people can people can follow me on, on those platforms. Um, and, you know, it's the best way to find me. Awesome, bro. Always appreciate hearing your perspective, man. Yo, thank you so and, much, bro. You too, bro. Next time you're in Nashville or something, hit me up, bro. Of course, man. Always. Yes, sir. God bless you, man. God bless, bro. Peace. I am the man, sick with the slang, sick and I'm destined for fame. Do for the fam, not for the grand. Stunt me a destined for pain. I do not front, I do not scam. Put some respect on my name. Sick like a bang, click and I bang. Y'all gonna remember the name. Y'all gonna remember the name. Ready for a career in behavioral health? Earn your online degree at Herzing University. Choose from health and human services, psychology, or social work programs. Gain the skills to work, coordinate, and manage nonprofits. Secure a bachelor's in psychology to study mental health or advance your social work career through our online Masters of Social Work. Let us help you become a social change agent. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Text HEALTH to 85109. That's HEALTH to 85109. Or visit herzing.edu. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.